Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It is good, good, good to be here in God's presence with His children this morning. Father, thank you for this time together. We adore you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you that you do inhabit the praises of your people. And we are glad that we have the strength today to praise you, to honor you, and to worship you. Honor you with our lives, our time. Thank you for growing us in our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I shared a this story with with um, with you several, maybe once or twice. I don't know, but the story I want to share with you again this morning, as we spring forward. If you want to write down something at the top of your notes today, you can just call this one Salvation Time. But a couple of days after I was born again, truly born again, I say that I say that all the time when I'm talking to uh, church folks, and it gets under their skin because <laughs> it makes them have to question their salvation. And I don't mind them doing that once in a while. I want them to be strengthened and encouraged, but. I don't want them to be in the shape that I was in for most of my life thinking I was a Christian and attesting to that fact never ever having entered into salvation. If I would have died I'd have gone to hell. Proclaiming my Christianity all of my lying days. But a couple of days after I was truly born again Yielded my life to the Lord and invited Him in. I, I still had some problems in my personal life. Everything doesn't just go away. <laughs> some ministers had helped Tavana and I with, with valuable information and prayers. And I was studying the Word of God with all diligence to learn about this salvation that I had entered into. There was a lot of strife in my home back then. Things were really unpleasant. And unfortunately, there was still some arguing going on. I was aware, on one hand, that something wonderful and eternal had happened. But frankly, I had allowed the world to beat me down so low by this time that really I wouldn't have minded just going on to heaven. I questioned my friend, this minister, regarding all this turmoil. I mean, after all, I had accepted the Lord. I had entered into this salvation there was a promise from God that everything was now made new right we had prayed and renounced every evil thing that was not of God and I was truly seeking God with all my heart I'll never forget the analogy that my friend gave me when I asked him about it, he said, didn't we pray? I said, yes. He said, then it's settled in heaven. All that old stuff is gone and done away with. And now the new life has begun. But, I'll never forget. He said, but you know how sometimes when you have a a skunk under your house. And you, you kill it. And you get it out of there. 
but how sometimes that smell it lingers and, and and you still smell that smell from time to time but the skunk is dead it's gone well I had never had a skunk under my house to be removed but the analogy was crystal clear and I understood exactly what he meant I had entered into a new life with God through Christ and things were different but in the natural realm there were still going to be flare ups I accepted his explanation because I had no choice frankly in other words like anybody else, I would have preferred an immediate and automatic fix to all my problems. But I understood his analogy. I really wanted immediate help and relief from all my sorrows and pain. But if I only had spiritual truths from God to hang on to, then I knew I would be fine. Just as long as I knew God was for me, then I could be comforted in believing that things would get better someday. Well, the next day, I worked together with my wife in the office at a little business we own. I was beat down I, I was so sad of heart I really needed to hear from God and I had no idea at the time that I wouldn't have to wait very long I continued to pray I found comfort in the scriptures and then after work We loaded up and we went to the grocery store. Get some groceries. We walked in. I grabbed a, a shopping cart. And I began to walk through the store. I was pushing the cart down the back aisle. When my phone rang. It was my stepdad. Who just passed away on Valentine's Day. He and my mother, they lived 70 miles south of here. And no one, including me or no one else in my home, had talked to them for quite a number of days. They didn't know anything, you know, in other words, about what was going on. After we said hello, he began to laugh. And he said... Your mother wants to know, how is your skunk doing? <laughs> I said, excuse me? He said, last night your mother had a dream. In the dream, you were a little boy. And you were pushing a grocery basket. And in the basket, there was a skunk. So she wants to know how your skunk is doing. Then he began to laugh again at this seemingly outlandish dream my mother had had about me. I'm sure he expected some type of laughing response from me as well. Because that is a funny story. But I had stopped in my tracks. One hand on the shopping cart. The other on the phone. Knowing that God himself was conveying a message to me through my stepdad. A message given to my mother in a dream for me. God was telling me that he is for me. That everything really had changed just a few days prior when I called out to him in truth and was saved. 
And now he was giving me an opportunity to know it without a doubt. And to make my positive confession regarding these things. I said, tell her that skunk is dead and gone. He said, huh? No, you see, your mother, she had a dream and you were... I interrupted. I said, I know exactly what you said. And I'm telling you, that skunk is dead and gone. He seemed a little perturbed that I had ruined his funny story and them having a little fun with me because of it. I tried to explain to him briefly, standing there in that grocery store, about my new salvation and how a minister had explained the things I was experiencing using the skunk analogy and that I believe God was sending me a message to reassure me and to help me. And he said he understood. But I still think he just thought I was a little crazy. But you know, I've never forgotten. Never forgotten that moment in that grocery store. It's just another example of how loving and compassionate the Lord is toward His children. And it only makes me love Him more. You see, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, right? I was just learning these things. And Isaiah 26.3 says that God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And that's what I had been doing. I was, I was going to the scriptures and, and I would find temporary comfort there as long as I was focused on him. Like, like Dennis said, this is Jesus right here in the flesh. Jesus was, Jesus was the word made flesh. And so now his life is still in the pages of this book. And I still find that comfort and peace in the Word. Continually. It's my daily bread. Some things do happen immediately when we receive the Lord as our Savior. We become this new creation. The old nature is gone. The new has come. The eternal change is made. And if nothing else happened, like I said, if I'd gone on to be with the Lord then, I would have been very happy. But he wasn't ready. And but what he was prepared to do is to see me through this, you see. Some things don't happen quite so quickly in our salvation. These wonderful things do take place. And automatically by just simply closing all the doors you had opened for the enemy. Things will get better. But some things take time and cooperation with God. In order to manifest in our lives. Amos 3.3 God says can two walk together lest they be agreed. We have to learn to come into agreement with God. We have to learn what He says, what pleases Him. It says, find out what pleases God, Ephesians 5.10. And He will teach us all these things, you see. But it takes time. We have to learn to agree with Him, agree with His Word, and we have to receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. John 14.26 on that fateful night that we're going to be talking about Thursday after next, that Maundy Thursday, as it were. Jesus was telling them, it's good that I'm leaving you. 
<laughs> it's good that I'm going because the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance everything that I have said. How can the Holy Spirit bring to your remembrance everything that Jesus has said? Because for you to remember something, you, you, you heard it, you learned it at one time, remember? Right. So it's, it's, it's because you've put this in. This has gone in. That's right. That's why I I love taking a passage of scripture, a scripture, whatever, meditating on that for a day, for a week, and just letting it grow and build and become life in me. But I also listen to the Bible and read the Bible continuously, just through it. And sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, if I have to listen to one more genealogy for fifteen minutes. <laughs> But I'm convinced that it's all doing me good, you see. I'm going to meet some of those people one day. Probably all of them at some point. But the Holy Spirit is the helper. You can't do this life without Him. Not The Christian life is impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. If you want to fulfill all that God has for you to do. And some people just don't see that. They don't get that. They, they never drop the other shoe as it were. They never turn the corner into this salvation in which they're living for Christ and trying to fulfill the things that He wrote for them to do instead of just saying, well, Jesus died so I could have a better life and I, like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and He loves me. Yeah, He loves you. He loves you. But you better check the state of your salvation experience of your relationship with God if that's the way you look at things because it might be in the same state as your church sign laying all tattered and torn in the grass out there by the street. Oh, Lord. Mm. We Do you see how the Lord went to such great lengths to get me to say out of my mouth that that skunk is dead and gone. You know how important our words are? Even our thoughts, our meditation, our focus. Are these things you think about? Because if you don't, I just want to encourage you today. Start thinking about your thinking. God wants to help you with these things. Luke 6.45 Jesus said the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So look at that for a second. He's saying the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil one produces evil. And then the last part of that is because, for, out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So what he's saying is with his mouth he's producing these, this good or this evil. We are creative beings. Our Father created everything we know with his words and we are similar. And out of the good treasure of our heart, if this is in there, and this truth, in love, these words of faith, we can produce, we can build for the kingdom. We can create good works. And if not, we, the devil, he can't create anything. His teeth have been pulled. He's been defeated. And you know who still does have some authority though? You. He knows this. 
And if He can get you to, He'll get you to create some things for Him too. Out of the evil treasures of your heart, He'll get you to speak. But how does it get in your heart to start with? A great deal of it depends on what you decide to believe and to meditate on. Doesn't it? Proverbs 23, 7. Ashley, you hear it 15 times a day now. I know you do. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the good treasures of his heart, he speaks and creates, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? However you see you is inevitably the path your life is going to take. It wasn't just a game when I told you to close your eyes and hold your seed offering up to God, the one you wanted to sow. I'm in it. And when that offering came, I prayed that that seed offering that you held up, that we can't see right now, I hope, I prayed that we will see it. That it will come to pass. And that's how you bring things to pass, you see. Jesus said, I tell you, Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you ask in prayer, does that mean anything? Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus didn't think he had to qualify that by saying as long as you're not asking for something ungodly because obviously he wasn't saying that. If it hasn't been provided by the grace of God, then you're not going to get it by believing and praying for it. Okay? God's not going to rig the lottery for you. He's not going to give you somebody else's spouse. He's not going to change his ways and agree with gay marriage or all the entitlements that people who've made a God out of their government think they're entitled to. That's not in his word. But if you believe for something that he believes in, that he has said is true, then you'll have it. If you believe and don't doubt. But death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. We are creative beings and people need to quit just toying around with the idea and the concept and really believe it. How do you talk? Are you, on, are you guarded when you're around me? Because generally you wouldn't talk the way you do around me. Then you need to fix that. You need to fix that. Matter of fact, I'd say if you're going to talk the other way, do it around me instead of anywhere else. I'm the last one that's going to judge you. I'd rather, I'll be here to help you. I'm going to challenge you. I hope you never end up someplace where you're not challenged and there are no convictions. Because you'll stop growing and you'll die. We're called to live a life of faith. By faith, not by sight. We need to quit saying what we see. You keep saying what you'll see. What you see, you'll have what you say. What's the basis of this faith though? This trust, this confidence that we're supposed to walk in regarding this Christian life. What's the basis of it all? What gives us the right? 
Because if you forget the reason and the right that you have and the basis of it, then you really might be operating in your own strength. And that why maybe why you're not seeing the results that you're hoping for. When you got born again, you didn't become magical. You're not a wizard now and you can speak incantations in your own power and strength. It's God working through you. This should take the burden off of you. And definitely strip the pride and arrogance away. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's remind ourselves. Go to the end. And see what Paul said. Excuse me. We don't know that Paul wrote Hebrews. He didn't sign it. But it sure sounds like him if you read the last few verses. Nevertheless, we're going to look at Hebrews 13, the 20th verse, and the 21st. And then this is what Paul prayed for you. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every way, and every good work to do His will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's the blood of this everlasting covenant. This agreement with God. This contractual blessing of eternal life that you've entered into based on the payment made for you by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You have entered into a greater covenant with greater blessings than the old covenant believers ever had when they were waiting on Christ to come. They could only look forward and and dream of what it might be like. You're living it now. You are living it now and you have all the blessings and benefits that this eternal blood covenant of Jesus Christ represents. You have all the authority and privileges of the natural born child Jesus himself and everything that God has is at your disposal to do his will in this life. But we have to learn to use our authority. This covenant authority. This authority given to us on the basis of the covenant we have with God because of His precious Son, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, Behold, He was talking to His disciples. He said, I give unto you the power... To tread on serpents and scorpions. These are metaphors for demons. Our our battle is not against flesh and blood or anything in the natural anymore. It's against the demonic forces empowering them and controlling them and prompting them to do the evil that they do, even in people. But He's given us the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hello? Ashley, the only one that has a revelation of this in here? No? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Get mad. Get jealous. Say no. In the name of Jesus. I get it. I've got it. It's mine. You can say, Ashley, help me to get where I'm at. She inspired me. But now I see. The chapter before that, he told his disciples, he called them together and he gave them power and authority authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. You have that same authority. We were talking about using our godly imagination to see the things, to see ourselves as the way that we are. We have to focus 
We have to begin focusing on the spiritual life inside of us until the spiritual becomes the natural. Or it comes into manifestation into the natural realm. <clears throat> but when things get too bad around you and the circumstances and situations of your life are just too overwhelming, close your doggone eyes once in a while and see who you really are. See the help that you have. See yourself surrounded by all the armies of God, the chariots of fire and the angels of God assigned to help you if you will just speak a little life into the situation. They'll go to work on your behalf. Don't let your angels sit there getting old dusty wings. Keep them busy. Put your faith to work. <coughs> God said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. And never, never before has it been so true. Christian growth is equivalent to the applied knowledge that we have gained regarding our Lord and Savior. Isn't that what Peter said? Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. If people just want more favor from God, more favor from men, more grace and peace in their lives which we all do, then why don't you take that Scripture to heart and says it comes to me in multiplied fashion just as I gain knowledge of my Lord and Savior. If, it, if you try it and it doesn't work, you come let me know and I'll complain to God because He will have lied in His books. I guarantee you that can't happen. My people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. That is so sad. Especially in this day and age in which we live. You know, our country spends more on education by multiple, multiples than any other country in the world. And we're last in all of the modern countries as far as education goes. We spend more per child by multitudes, by a hundred. And we're last, 30th. John Wayne said, life's hard. It's harder if you're stupid. I'm going to tell you, for many years now, since, let's see, I think all the cities and conferences I've been, places I've been ordained. Okay, I was in Atlanta in 2009. And God began to give me 911. Wow. 911. And I'm, I, I know it's Him because it's been ever before me, ever since. Freaked me out at first. I learned all the 911 scriptures in the Bible. I was trying to figure out what He was wanting. I didn't know if it was another catastrophe was coming. I didn't know what. Emergency 911. And finally, I have come to terms with it. I've come to know in my heart and in my spirit that, he, that, it's, that it's not to scare me, but to prepare me. And to help others to do the same. It's His sense of urgency regarding us and the, the kingdom business at hand. His kingdom, not ours. Many of you are still living to build your own kingdoms. Deny it or not. Every day that passes, you don't get it back. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is not. You see all the people dying? Everybody we know and love. And do you see the world even blink? They do not. Slow down for an instant. And when you go, they won't either. 
Now, I'm not saying that you won't be loved and missed. I hope you all make your mark and you do wonderful things that you help other people achieve their goals in this life. And that's what's going to help you to be grieved and mourned after. But even then, trust me, Nancy Reagan, as beloved as she is, they've gone on about their lives now. Only what's done for Christ will last. Time is just a commodity. It's, a, it's something that's necessary. It's, people say that gold and silver are the best investments in this world. I've always thought of land as being the best investment. Because they're not making any more of it. It's the same with time in the spiritual realm. They're not making any more time. They're not making any more a while ago. Yesterday really did end last night. You can't get it back. The only thing left of it is the record of how you spent it. It's just like your money. Everything's in seed form, remember? And there is a record of every day and how you spent the time that God made and gave you. It's time for God's children to learn to dream His dreams. To take the limits off, as it were, and to trust God for something. Most of us never want to take any chances. We're just, we work so hard to get to a place of comfort and protection and provision where we don't have to worry or do anything. That's not God. He wants you to spend every day all the grace He's given you for that day just like it's the last day, nine one one. He's coming tonight. He's coming tomorrow. At least if he did, what would I do today? Who can I encourage before I leave? If the only people I'm going to know when I get to heaven are the ones that I helped to know the Lord or the ones that I encouraged here in this life, what should I do today? Your priorities will change. Jesus said. They followed him around. Most of the people he knew were there just to see the miracles. Or to get some of the food he was making. But the ones that really loved him and knew him. He said all these things that I'm doing. This raising people from the dead, opening blind eyes, these creative miracles, all these wonderful things that I'm doing, you're going to do those things too and greater things. That's what he said. How many of the things that Jesus did have you tried to do? Believe me, I still struggle with trying to raise the dead. Because every time I come upon them, it's in a very awkward situation. And the fear of man overcomes me, which is a sin. But I'm not going to judge you for not trying to disrupt every funeral you go to. I haven't gotten there yet myself. But how many deaf ears have you tried to open? How many blind eyes have you tried to open? How many lame feet or legs have you tried to restore? Try it. You're going you're gonna to freak yourself out when somebody jumps up and takes off running around the room. I've experienced it. It happened at Dennis's house with me one time. And John Petrovich, who comes up here, man was sitting there in terrible pain with his knee, couldn't barely walk. I just walked over there. I said, God wants to heal you right now. And I laid hands on him. And the man got up and he was, he was 
talking about it all night, wasn't he? But if I would have just said, okay, uh, we'll pray for you. That's what we mostly do. We'll pray for you. But God said, what, what's wrong with right now? That's right. Amen. This is the time that you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can accomplish great things. You have great things in you that only you can accomplish. They're written in His book. But have you sought Him about... Lord, show me some of the things you have written in your book about me. Some of the things that I do not know that I have not even begun to think about or, or dream about yet. Begin to birth these things. Your dreams, Father, in my heart. Give me the desires of my heart. But let those desires be yours. I want to be walking in agreement with you, Father. That way... If I'm that close to you and I love you and I, I've got your word in my heart and I agree with you. If you said it, that settles it. I'm just going to fix my life in that regard right now. And, and, and in, in time to come, when things pop into my brain, I won't have to go and pray for three days to find out if it's you or if it's me that's wanting that thing. Because it's just going to be us. Because we're in agreement. Oh, what a better life. Oh, what a better life. We need to get that spirit of Caleb. Do you remember the 12 spies that went in to spy out the promised land? Before Joshua took yes. them in? Yes. Oh, 40 years before. Because the 12 that went in, they all saw the same thing. Giants were in the land. It was intimidating. But also... They had huge houses and the grapes were like this. It took two men to carry on a pole a, a cluster of grapes. Ten of the twelve spies came back saying, we can't go in there. There's giants there. They're going to gobble us up. They see us like grasshoppers and they're going to destroy us. Ten of the twelve. But Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, the giants are big, but so are the grapes. God's going to take care of us. He brought us this far. We've got God on our side. And they wanted to stone them for saying good things. God saw it the other way. He made sure the other ten died and all of their families and generations that's why they had to walk out in the desert for 40 more years. God said, I'm not letting all that doubt and negativity and unbelief go into the promised land. Out of all of you, only bunch of you, that's, the, you're all going to die. Except Joshua and Caleb. They can go in. Because they understand that it's not about how big the giants are that you face. It's about how big the God is that's with you. We have to get to that place where we have that spirit of Caleb. You know what Caleb said when they went into the promised land finally? And they were giving out parcels of land. 80 years old now. Caleb said, give me that mountain. I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. We need to get the spirit of Caleb. We need to understand that my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. And He's not lacking anything. Maybe quit looking at your lack. Start seeing God's provision for you. If you can't do it with your eyes open, shut them. Until you, until you can see it. Speak it. Believe it. Let the Lord love you. Let Him live through you. Let Him... He takes such joy in providing for His children. 
and he provides well. He said, you, you're evil. He said, he said, you're evil and you like to give good gifts to your children. How much more will I give you good gifts? Will I give you the Holy Spirit if you ask me? If you ask me. I encourage you today. I challenge you. I, 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 I don't want you to leave. You don't have to necessarily be comfortable with this message. But I want you to be edified in knowing that there's a lot more available to you than you're taking advantage of. You do with it what you want. I love you. But God's saying, don't blame me. Don't blame me for your lack. Don't blame me for your depression. Don't blame me for your guilt and shame because all that has been taken care of. Come to me. Come to me, all you who will, and drink. Do you believe Him today? Don't you just want to reach out a a little further and And take what he's offering. Don't you know he's good? He only has good for you. He will never hurt you. And if you just sit on your can the rest of your life. And you've made him the Lord of your life. You'll be with him again. Probably sooner. But if you want to live a victorious life, if you want to live that eternal life, the abundant life that Jesus died to provide you with now in this life and help others to do the same and to begin every day like an adventure with God, with Him on your side and all the armies of God behind you and the provision of heaven in your account, Then seek the Lord with all your heart. Put your trust in Him. Talk Him up. You're going to see great things. I believe that He's going to start revealing to some of you beautiful, beautiful dreams and visions and things that He has planned for you. Because He said, now you're getting to a place where I can use you. I I believe that you've yielded your life to me and you see that my way is better than your way and now I can trust you that the things that I I want to put into your care will not destroy you. Because you're going to depend on me and my strength and not your own. You're going to learn to run to me instead of from me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church is not a duty. It's a privilege. It's the relationship that He has and wants with you is is all that matters. And it's where all of your provision lies. Not only the provision to take care of your bills and And to help others, but to your peace, your joy will be found in your purpose for God when you seek Him and find Him. The time that you have is all you have. You decide. You decide, not others in your life. You decide how you're going to spend it. Because ultimately, they give a gift, give account for their time spent, and you're going to give account for yours. Spend it wisely. Dear Lord, thank you for this word thank you for the precious anointing that rests in this place I feel 
I feel your servant here, Lord, the spirit of breakthrough. We loose him in this place. Spirit of breakthrough, have your way in the lives of all of these children of God. Break down the barriers and the walls. Break down the obstacles in their lives. Drive away strife. Drive away confusion. Drive away depression. Drive away bitterness and unforgiveness. Open their eyes to the glory of God and help them to see that He is good and good for them. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that none of us will leave here the same. Thank you for helping us to agree with you, Lord, and to see that we're not waiting on you. You're waiting on us. Thank you that it's already been provided. All the provision for all the good things you have for us to do. All the blessings you have for us already on account. Thank you for helping us to be strengthened in our faith. We do believe, Father. Help help us in our unbelief. That we not be tossed about thank you Lord thank you Lord in Jesus name